And then part of princessing was I got to create the best content, right? It's Mm. princesses. It's too fun. And so I really cultivated my knack for content creation, putting little video clips together, posting stuff on social media. And I started having other business owners as I was networking to grow that company. They were like, hey, you're really killing it with the princesses. Can you help me with my Facebook too? And then it got to the point where my freelancing income matched my full-time income and I could make the switch to quitting my job, going all in on my marketing agency. So really my background now, I have the marketing agency. That's what pays for podcasting, right? That's what pays all the bills. And so my full-time job besides running the coffee company and coming up with all the content for that is I have several other clients that I do the same thing for. So a lot of videos, a lot of ideas, a lot of strategy, a lot of just fun, engaging content. Welcome to Authentic Conversations with Ryan James Miller. Join Ryan as he speaks with top business leaders and influencers and hear how they've mastered the art of authenticity to achieve all that they dreamed of. As you hear from these leaders, seek not only to be inspired by their authenticity, but to strive for and master your own. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Authentic Conversations. Today is going to be a first for me. And after a hundred and I don't know what episode this is, 130, 140, 150 episodes, this is the first time that I'm having a first conversation with a guest on the podcast. We haven't talked before other than a couple of just witty comments. I I just called myself witty, witty comments back and forth on LinkedIn. Um, But I thought it was just a super fun uh, way to kick off a conversation. And so with that, I'm really, really excited to welcome Kelly Maxwell to the podcast today. She is the CEO of Campfire Blend Coffee. Uh, And what attracted me to Kelly's LinkedIn profile right away was that she said she was a whiskey coffee brewing CEO. And so that was enough to get me. And so with that, Kelly, thanks for hooking me in. I had to have you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) That is exactly what my bio says. (laughs) It's great. It's great. Okay. So I, I just, I have to know right away, like what I, I get being the CEO of a coffee company, but where does whiskey come into play? Like, let's just dive right in. Okay. So that's what makes us different, right? Is the whiskey coffee. Everyone makes coffee. It's like the second most traded commodity in the world. No one is making whiskey coffee. So that's where we were like, hey, there's obviously money in coffee. What can we do different to actually make go of this thing? Whiskey coffee. So we age our beans in freshly poured whiskey barrels from a local distillery. And you have whiskey coffee. Pretty okay, so <clears throat> pretty straightforward. It, it, I guess it seems like it, and I'm sure there's a super unique process there. But you just told me offline, so I said that we never talked. I mean, I guess we talked for three minutes before I hit record. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> but um, you're in Montana. That yes. does not sound like the coffee capital of the world to me, nor nope. does it sound like the whiskey capital of the world to me. So what in the heck like drew you into that and why there like that's so let me let me tell you the backstory really quick so we are also podcasters we have a podcast show and it grew really faster than we thought it would and you know podcasting is an expensive hobby and we're like how are we going to monetize this thing because it's a huge time investment it's a some dollar investment 
and we drink whiskey when we record. My husband is the producer. He's a whiskey drinker. We're brainstorming one night. We pour whiskey for our guests when they come on the show. We like to have people live in the studio, you know, and similar to what we're doing now, we just wing it. We don't talk to people before we have them on. We're like, hey, come have a drink, hang out. We're just having a conversation. And so we're just brainstorming and drinking whiskey. And Kyla goes, hey, what if we made whiskey coffee? No one's making whiskey coffee. We already know one of our friends is a coffee roaster. And so I made a few calls the next day and we took a risk, got a whiskey barrel from a distiller, got a 130 pound bag of coffee beans. And we're like, worst case, this tastes like garbage. And we wasted 800 bucks, right? (laughs) So we literally winged it. There's no research out there because if you are making whiskey coffee, you're not sharing your trade secrets. Mm. So we like winged it, made it up. It worked. It tasted delicious. The distiller was like, this is the best whiskey coffee I've ever had. Other people have tried to do it. Our roaster who told us it was a bad idea and it wasn't going to work. He texted me and apologized and said, I take back everything I said. This is delicious. (laughs) So we just ran with it. We're like, heck it worked. We're not messing with what we did. This is our recipe now. And yeah, just, it's been crazy. And, and so why whiskey? So you, you I, I, I see there's a lot of history behind you and I mean, maybe it's helpful mm-hmm. to, to go back even farther, uh, but why whiskey? Like you guys just together as a couple enjoy it? Was this like a passion for you or your husband? So it really was Kyle's thing. I was not a whiskey drinker. I actually forced myself to like red wine back when I was like young in my twenties, <laughs> you know, you'd go to networking meetings and it doesn't taste good. And you're like drinking to fit in and you convince yourself it tastes good. It was one of those things where, you know, I didn't, I don't really, we actually don't really drink that much. It's more of like, he's a collector. He mm. buys the expensive bottles. He buys the rare, hard to find stuff. And then it's more of like an experience of, let's try this thing together. You know, he's very much into that, that we're no, he's not getting blasted on Jack Daniels. So it's like, uh, <laughs> that's we, almost, it's a, I, I hate to say right. it. That's almost not real whiskey. And I know yes, that offends yes. so many people, but you know, someone's like, oh, Hey, yeah. you know, whiskey. Oh yeah. I like Jack. I'm like, right? Nope. That's like, <laughs> I hate all tequila. So this isn't a great analogy, but that's like saying Cuervo gold when you're drinking tequila. Right? Yes. Right. Don't even get me started on fireball. So wait, it's what? Of- <laughs> it's at least, it's at least a really good quick way just to get to get up to speed. Oh yeah. If, I mean, it was cute when you were in college, right? That was Goldschlager, so, but we're, I'm probably yeah. way older than you. <laughs> right. So, so that's kind of how it got started. And that that's just his thing. He's just, he likes to enjoy good whiskey and he likes to collect fun bottles and he likes to engage with those distilleries on Instagram. Like that's his thing. And this was his idea and I'm the marketer, I'm the big idea person. And then I, I'm the one who makes the calls and makes things happen. So he, um, he had a fantastic idea and we took a risk and it worked. And now we're just building on that. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, so that, that's interesting to hear about experientially. So it looked like uh, when I did do a tiny bit of, you know, creeping, you have some experience in the finance world. It looked like, <laughs> marketing experience, uh, event planning. So it makes sense, I guess, that there's this trajectory for you to get to this place. Um, Was that, how long have you been married? Like, was this something that you guys were kind of always working towards? Was a business together? Where did he come from? Yeah. Dude, I can go way back. Let's go way back and start when I was a princess. That's how I got started. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Please tell me that story. (laughs) 
So I, I worked at a financial firm. I was the marketing director of a financial firm all through my twenties. And I really had the ability to cultivate. Apparently I have a knack for content creation and marketing, which I didn't know until I worked there. And I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't know what I was supposed to do. You know, we don't know. We don't know what we're doing with our life. And so my friend at the time was going to school in Denver to get her acting degree because she was going to go to Broadway. That was her dream ever since she was little. And she said, Hey Kelly, there's all my nanny friends, because they were all nannies to put themselves through school. She's like, they princess on the weekends. They dress up like princesses and work for these companies that perform at birthday parties. I wish we had something like that in Billings. And if I was in Billings, I'd do it. And I was like, well, I'm in Billings, I'll do it. And it was a joke. <laughs> and she's like, okay. And so she literally put together like a whole actor training manual and she sent it to me. And I'm like, so I guess I'm doing it then because you put in all this work. And so between the two of us, she handled like, costuming, acting, training. And then I um, did all the admin marketing side and I was never supposed to be a princess. I'm not an actress. I was just going to do the marketing and manage the company and run it, you know, on the back end. And then one of my girls got sick right before she was had a birthday party. She started throwing up and she's like, I'm, I'm trying to hold it together. I can't do this party. Like, I think I have the stomach flu. And I'm like, that was an hour before the party. I'm up, right? I dress up as Elsa and I, I was going to throw up because I was so nervous. <laughs> and so I did this birthday party and I was like, that was the best thing I've ever done. That was so much fun. Just like seeing the kids, you know, you're larger than life. And so I put myself through her little actor training and then I gave most of the work to my actresses, but like big stuff like parades, community events, if someone wasn't available, I would totally dress up because it was so much fun and so awesome. And then part of princessing was I got to create the best content, right? It's mm. princesses. It's too fun. And so I really cultivated my knack for content creation, putting little video clips together, posting stuff on social media. And I started having other business owners as I was networking to grow that company they were like, hey, you're really killing it with the princesses. Can you help me with my Facebook too? And then it got to the point where my freelancing income matched my full-time income and I could make the switch to quitting my job, going all in on my marketing agency. So really my background now, I have the marketing agency. That's what pays for the podcasting, right? That's what pays all the bills. And so my full-time job besides running the coffee company and coming up with all the content for that is I have several other clients that I do the same thing for. So a lot of videos, a lot of ideas, a lot of strategy, a lot of just fun, engaging content. Yeah, okay, so in, in that world, are you doing more of the actual creation for them or are you more strategy and directing them doing their own content? How does that work? It's both. I have clients that just want my brainstorming and my ideas like, mm -hmm. hey, I can do it. I just don't, I just don't think like you do. So I love, you know, shooting them ideas and then they run with it. And then I have clients that are like, hey, I don't have the time or desire. Film me and make me look cool. And that's what I do. So, you know, I get to hang out with people all day, let them be authentically themselves, which is my style. I don't script anyone. I don't come up with screen plays or anything. I'm like, let me show up on the job. Let me catch you doing what you're best at as yourself. And then I'll edit it together to make you look awesome. So that's what I do for a living. And so that outside sounds of like everything else. That sounds like that's pretty local then, right? I mean, obviously if you're it talking is. about interacting with people. <clears throat> and so what types of businesses are those that you're working with? So I actually only work with one client in each industry because I am so 
hyper-focused on them and I spend a lot of time with them. I learn about their ins and outs of their business. So I don't work with their competition. And so I, I've got people all over the board. Real, I've got a realtor, I've got a builder, I've got a guy who pours epoxy floors. I've got, I mean, all over the board. I've wow. worked with, you know, all different industries. Insurance. Yeah. I, I So I... I love the idea. And I know this is one of the things that kind of clicked just in the comments, you know, uh, when we got connected, um, but, you know, you talked about people just authentically being themselves. And I think that, you know, from the outside as people hear that that could be a real challenge in business. So, you know, I, when I preach it, one of the things when I get pushback from people amongst all the other things that they push is, well, you're, you're your own business and you can do what you want. You can say what you want, but you know, I can't because, you know, I'm within the brand of my business, you know, or my industry, it doesn't work the same. You know, you're a coach, so you can talk about the ups and downs of life with your family or experience or whatever. You know, I pour epoxy floors, who cares whether or not I'm a, you know, husband, uh, you know, to, you know, or whatever. So how do you get people to overcome some of the barriers, um, even just associated with their profession, getting them comfortable enough to just go be themselves? So the best way is that I show now that I've done this for several years, I just show them the proof, right? I was named top 100 business leaders in the United States this year because I put out authentic content. Like that's not a pay to play. They approached me and said, we run algorithms to find people regionally. Your name popped up the most. We, you know, trolled all your pages and everything and you're great. We want to feature you. That's, that's their process. So that alone is just proof of this is what happens when you just be yourself. Like you, there's a classy way to talk about your real life and your struggles. I mean, you don't have to fish for sympathy or compliments, but you can talk about, you know, entrepreneurship is hard sometimes. Let's drink yeah. whiskey about it, you know, whatever it is, whatever <laughs> Amen, your brand sister. is. And that's, and, and truly that's my, that's honestly my secret talent is hanging. When I hang out with people, like my clients, I spend time with them. Then I can see what their brand is. And I'm like, Hey, you're this guy. Let's double down on posting about this, or this is your style. Or, you know, I bring that out in other people. And then it's easy for me to say, well, yeah, let's post let's post about only this because this is your thing. It'll attract your audience. And then the proof's in the pudding. Once you do that consistently, you know, yeah. people know, people don't even know us, but they know where the whiskey coffee people, I was yeah. not kidding. Sitting in physical therapy waiting room one day, like a year ago and some random guy, he goes, are you Kelly Maxwell from LinkedIn? And I was like, oh my God, is this what celebrities feel like? And he's like, no, I just, how's the whiskey coffee? I just saw one of your posts this morning. I had no, he's never liked a post. He's never commented, but he saw my stuff and he knew we did whiskey coffee. Right. And that's just the power of being authentic and building the brand. Yeah. You're just making uh, yeah. noise. Well, and uh, you know, obviously there were, there was so much in there that, you know, people can listen to, should listen to and take from that. But I think that it really just continually builds on this idea of the more you become you, I say this to so many people, the more mm -hmm. you become you, the more you differentiate yourself from anybody else in the world. I mean, there are no two people in the world that are exactly right. alike, but we can't, it's very difficult to convince people of that because everybody's got a course to teach. Everybody's got a book to read that says, just do it this way. And you can be just like mm -hmm. me. 
And there's no way that you can go do what somebody else did and gain the same result that they did if you're a different person. So <clears throat> I love that you say that. And there was something else that you dropped in there that was just this little like kind of stab in the side, which I really appreciate, which was you said it wasn't a pay to play. And I think that, you know, your recognition, and I think that's something that people need to hear more often. So I just got approached uh, two days ago um, by New York Weekly or something like that. It was like, you know, you are one of the top 100 coaches, blah, 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 blah. And then at the very bottom in fine print, there's an asterisk and it says charges may apply. And yeah. it's so funny to me how that happens so often people take advantage of it. And it's not always the worst thing to take advantage of, but right. then they brag on the fact that they were pointed out as this person versus just using the name or notoriety to go market to something else. And so I think mm -hmm. that, you know, people are so starving for attention and recognition that they're willing to do whatever it takes instead of doing the most difficult, but the easiest thing, which is just being who they are. Right. 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 And so let me build on that too. And the only reason I mentioned that is because I don't do pay to place. I care. I don't care what you think of me. I don't care if I have letters behind my name. I don't care if I have a wall full of awards. I'm not for everyone. And that's, that's the, the base of everything. Once you're comfortable knowing you're not for everyone and not everyone's going to like you, it's game over. You don't give a crap what anyone thinks. You're, you're just yourself online. People will be attracted to that or they won't. Like, yep. I don't care if they're not, you know, there's someone much better for them than me that's going to do a better job as their marketer. And that's really the foundation of everything. And that's why I think that's partly why pay to plays bug me so much. Like, sure, anyone can throw dollars and get awards, but it, did you earn it? <laughs> you know, so that's yeah. that's just my own personal, personal belief. But really, so where, where, the, did the all, it, where did this oh, all come from? Yeah, where did this all come from for you? I mean, it it takes definitely a level, a significant level of self-confidence, definitely a lot of self-awareness to get to a place like that. But I'm going to spend a lot of money on a gamble saying that you weren't always this way. So No, absolutely not. Where, where did this come from for you? How did so, you finally get to a place where you felt like you could be you? Truly, a lot of it was my experience as a princess. Like I credit most of my personal growth to, I'm telling you, if you dress up like a princess and put your face online, the trolls are real. I'd never been on the receiving end of just online hate. You know, you see it all the time, you know, Trump tweets and everything else, but you never actually, like most, most normal people aren't, aren't in that spot. And sure. so yep. once I started posting as a princess, it was honestly sad. The amount of people that took time out of their day just to comment how ugly we were, how we didn't look like the characters, just, just nasty stuff. And I took it personally and I attached my worth to my business and to my ability to play dress up and perform. And I really had to work through that. Like I, I had to get to the point where, you know, a lot of personal growth, a lot of painful diving deep with myself of why am I insecure about this? How do I mm -hmm. fix it? And so I spent the majority of my twenties just dealing with that crap, self-confidence and all that stuff. And then part of it, you know, you turn 30 and you realize things aren't as big of a deal as they are in your twenties. <laughs> I, I, I always say, you know, I kind of turned 30 and my give a crap meter kind of broke. And, you know, I went from being a princess and being 125 pounds. And now I have a half sleeve tattoo and I crossed it. And I know, I mean, you know, first rule about CrossFit is talk about it, but truly the mindset of going to that gym, like CrossFit sucks. I hate working out. It's, it's hard. It sucks. But being surrounded by people 
that are there to do hard things together. That's also, you know, I'm just constantly in circles of people that celebrate being strong, being resilient, doing hard things, fighting through it. I mean, I've sobbed through the middle of a workout. Nobody cares that, you know, at the end, they're like, Hey, you still heckin' did it. Good for you. You know, just surrounding yourself with people like that. It's surprising how fast and how strong you become mentally, physically, emotionally. So I attribute a lot of that to my background first working through princessing and now just my circles of people. I just surround myself with people who celebrate doing hard things and being strong, you know? Yeah. I think that that's so wonderful. The tail end of that is wonderful. I mean, obviously, you know, going through those seasons of life where you're just getting annihilated by everybody that is around you is really, really hard. And it, it still goes on to this day. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, it does. I'm regularly getting railed on for being a liar and a phony and a fake and mm-hmm. um, because they don't, you know, they don't take the chance to get to, to know me. But right. one thing that you said about CrossFit that I love so much and I've been an avid CrossFitter for seven years now, and um, I'm on the back end of a terrible workout this morning that I feel like I can't really stand up, though I'm standing at the moment. <laughs> um, but what I love about that so much is is that's the type of community that definitely, it, it, it's, it hits both sides of the spectrum. One side is come as you are, and your best is good enough. And so I mm-hmm. love that, right? CrossFit has kind of got this, um, bad rap for super shredded asshole type of people. And that's kind of all it is when really it's all shapes and sizes, all ages, all life stages. So I love that that's how it's welcomed in at the same time. I love the fact that everybody is willing to push each other to the brink of near death in Mm -hmm. in the best of ways. And that's not just physically, right? It's mentally, it's emotionally. And I think that is what we're missing in society as a whole, because society traditionally right now is saying, be you, be happy with who you are, come as you are, you're accepted, which is a total lie because there's only certain types of people that are really wholly accepted in the world today. Um, So that's one side. And then there's a whole other side of it that is you just have to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and kill yourself um, or work yourself to the bone. That's how you're going to make something of yourself. But there's really no good tension between those two. And so I love that there are places, though they're few and far between, at least at the moment, that are celebrating that. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what I tell people when I invite them to CrossFit or whatever. They're like, oh, I'd love to try that, but I'm not fit enough. Listen, our gym has a cake. Like, we're not like doing the CrossFit open. Okay. We're going there to do hard things, stay fit and strong and like hang out with our pals and drink beer after a wad. You know, it's, it doesn't have to be what you see on Instagram. Yeah. And that's that's what I love. It's it's the community. Okay. So you've, you've taken all of that life experience and you're pouring it back into the marketing world, which is Mm -hmm. fantastic because you're impacting people, growing businesses. So revenue is great for them. Life becomes better because they're finally being themselves. Do you feel like that is the role that you play right now is going to be something that carries you into the future? Do you feel like whiskey coffee becomes the thing for you? Are you just going to be the uh, female Joe Rogan and your podcast personality is going to take out everything else? I wish. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to get an exclusive deal with Spotify. (laughs) Seriously. Um, Truly, I think 
I truly believe at this point I had to go through all that crap. And I didn't also tell you, I did go through a divorce at the end of my twenties. That's part of my Mm. give a crap meter breaking is my ex-husband walked out on me and Mm. like, I had to start my life over, which sucks. And that's actually now Kyle is my husband. And that's the roundabout way of, we met through a mutual friend and it just clicked and he came on and helped with the podcast because it was just starting when me and him started seeing each other and he went all in on I want to do this I want to build this with you and so I mean truly all this really crappy life experience I went through it made me better and now I know I am 100% doing what I was meant to do like I it, it is amazing to wake up every day and just absolutely love what you do and know that you're doing exactly what you were designed for you know and that's this is my talent. I get to use it to not only make a living, but to help other people and let them be authentically themselves. And that's, that's my biggest thing is I don't ever want someone to hang out with me and feel like they couldn't be themselves, you know? Hmm. And so just letting, giving people the space to just be like, Hey, if that's you, great. If you're obnoxious, cool. (laughs) You know, I don't have any opinions about that. I just love seeing, and you can tell the difference in people when they are just being themselves and they just have passion and their eyes are lit up. And I just love being around people like that. And so, I mean, that's really the base of everything I do is let's, that's our podcast. You know, we just celebrate people doing bold out of the box things. Cause when everyone else in the world is telling you that's a dumb idea or you can't do it or the ones going, Hey, let's pour a glass of whiskey and cheer to you because you are doing it, you know, and you're doing what you're supposed to do. And that's, largely part of our success is just that model of growing the brand and the podcast and now the coffee. Yeah, that, I mean, that resonates so much. And obviously, you know, when, when we got connected, it was like, there's definitely just going to be things that were, you know, very, very aligned in and my, for my audience, for the most part knows my story, but I mean, it took a personal tragedy a near death experience for myself, watching a friend killed for me to wake up probably for the fourth or fifth time, if I'm really honest, and walk away from a fantastic job in terms of pay, benefits, stability, Mm -hmm. and start all over, all over again. And we didn't have a lot to go off of financially. We had very little saved. And it was all about like, this is who I want to be. This is who I am, right? This Mm -hmm. is who I want to be on a day in and day out basis. It's not to say that I don't have hard days, that it's not frustrating with certain clients or situations that I wish I had more at times. But like you said, to be able to get up every single day and be happy about what I'm doing is there is no better feeling in the world. And I just wish that for more people. And I wish more people would give themselves that opportunity. Not that that requires being an entrepreneur. It just finds something that you mm-hmm. can enjoy and go do that. But the world is filled with so much noise that clouds mm-hmm. people into thinking that you have to do all these other things too. I mean, definitely we have to provide and we have to be wise and we have to plan to some degree. It's not all about flippant risk, but gosh, we're wasting so much of our life mm-hmm. to get to 55, 60, 65, 70 years old to retire before we finally start enjoying it. And I'm just thinking to myself, yeah. like, what are we wasting our life for? Mm-hmm. I know. I just want like, humans are so cool, right? They're just so heckin' cool. People from all walks of life, all different places, like just having a conversation. I'm like, why don't you do that then? You know, let's, you know, telling just, if I can be the one person in someone's life that when everyone else tells them, oh, you have to stay at your job or you can't afford to do this, like do it. What's stopping you? 
do it. We're going to be here cheering you on. You know, and if there's more people like that in the world, mm. imagine, imagine a world of everyone doing what they were built to do and loving it and being passionate about it. That yeah. would be awesome. Yeah, no, I just, I can't agree more. I cannot agree more. <clears throat> okay. So what happens with the coffee business going forward? Cause that's really intriguing to me. I guess it's yes. because I just keep hearing the word whiskey when I think about it, <laughs> but just in general, yes. because there is there, I mean, there, there's a lot of coffee competition. Mm -hmm. um, it's not going away. Um, you guys obviously have a unique niche, but where do you guys hope to take that? So right now we are only doing e-commerce. So okay. we ship coffee all over the country. Um, we eventually would love to open a coffee shop. We're kind wow. of looking at some spaces here in Billings, Montana, trying to work through if that's going to be a possibility. Um, the ultimate goal is to have our own, you know, roasting warehouse and, mm. you know, just ship coffee out all day long. So we're still, we're still small business. We're still little, but I mean, the ultimate goal is to be a nationally known, you know, if you, if you think boozy coffee, it's us. Right. And we do have other blends, but part of our branding too, is we are bold. We're a little bit snarky. It's funny. It's not for everybody. That's cool because the people that it's for love it, you know, and they think yeah. we're funny. And so really just building on that, building on the brand, um, continuing to grow the e-commerce side, just because of the overhead of having employees in a shop, you know, fresh off the heels of COVID that's scary to think about, but I'm, I mean, we'd love to grow it, you know, either to sell or, you know, this is what we do. Just 100% coffee all the time. Great coffee content. I do love what I do though. I'm not ready to give up marketing. So <laughs> I still go back and forth some days. I'm like, Oh, I'm overwhelmed. And then other days I'm like, I don't think I could ever let go of my clients and just do coffee, you know? So I guess we'll see how it all works out. But well, I, th I think one of the greatest benefits there is that because you have passion that can live itself out in so many different mediums, and because you are finding success, and I know you said you guys are still growing, but finding success in the coffee business, as well as obviously in your marketing business, you know, you, you will be able to be flexible as time goes on. I mean, that's for me is, you know, I, I tried about two years ago to narrow down my business interest to be very, very laser focused on coaching. And as I finally gotten into a good rhythm with that again, now I'm able to say maybe yes to something that I didn't before, mm -hmm because I'm passionate about it too. So I think that's what's great is you, you, it sounds like you found yourself in a place where you get to kind of say yes and no to mm -hmm. the things you want to and don't want to do. And so that will, will really help moving forward because you won't ever feel like you have to do something. Right, right. It's kind of one of those things where I, and I'm sure you feel like this, once, you, once you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, everything is just easy. The opportunities just open up left and right. And so I'm kind of just going with the flow of, you know, if we're meant to open coffee shops, those opportunities are going to present themselves. And if I'm meant to continue to market, I mean, obviously I get people asking to be my client all the time so I can continue to grow the marketing agency. So it's, it's one of those things where whatever is right is going to happen. And we're just going to, I've just learned to trust my gut, honestly at this yeah. point in my life where if it feels right, let's, let's try it. If it's immediately feels wrong, it's like going on a date and you're like, eh, I'm not into this, you know, right, it's just the same thing with business. You'll, you'll know, just listen yeah. to yourself yeah. as yeah. you grow and yeah. move forward. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So I'm excited. I, now I really need to try the coffee. I feel like yes. I, I just, I should have prepared ahead of time and I should have ordered some so I could I'm gonna have send tasted you a bag. it. 
I should have tasted it for the first time right now, right? Like just that, that epic awesome. moment when I'm like, yeah, yes. Make a make a follow up <laughs> video. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to do that. There you go. Yeah, she's already she's already giving marketing ideas See? as we go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, awesome. Okay, so where do you prefer people connect with you? Um, yeah, online, wherever that may be. Yeah, LinkedIn, obviously Kelly Maxwell, Kelly with an I on LinkedIn. You'll see my bio says I'm a whiskey coffee brewing CEO. Um, With just LinkedIn's fire burning. Fire. <laughs> yeah, fire. Campfire hour. That's our podcast. Love so it. we we want um, we want to get connected on LinkedIn for sure. And then feel free to follow us, Campfire Blend Coffee Co. on Instagram or Facebook. But um, really, if you want to engage with me, LinkedIn is definitely the place to be. Okay. I, and the I podcast. On there. The podcast, podcast again was. Podcast is Campfire Hour, and you can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, we named it that because we just want it to feel like pals hanging around a campfire having a conversation. Yeah, no, that's good. <clears throat> awesome. Well, I am so stoked to have this conversation today. Like I, it was super fun. I, yeah. I think what's so interesting to me is, I mean, you know, the marketing side of you is, is really cool. And I love that. And I'm sure that if we dug deep into strategy and idea, mm -hmm. there's a lot that you could bring to the table. But what I think is so unique is in the moment that we connected through a 30 minute conversation, you, it just all clicks. You, it, you mm -hmm. totally make sense. And I think that that's what bleeds through so much when you talk about authenticity and being yourself and, you know, just really leaning into your passion, how excited you get, you know, some people may be hearing you talk about top coffee and they're like, what is such a big deal? But I just love the fact that you're, you're in the things you're passionate about, which then means the people that work with you get that from you, which is just such a gift too. So it's been great. Thank I'm you. so stoked that we were able to. to yeah. Try. Yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that wraps up another episode of Authentic Conversations. As always, if you have any questions, thoughts, comments for Kelly, we'll make sure to put her information in the show notes. Connect with her on LinkedIn. Definitely a great place to do that. But buy some coffee. Like if yeah. you drink coffee, why the hell would you not want to try whiskey and coffee really? together. Like probably mm -hmm. some of you are probably going to listen to this drinking whiskey in your coffee, but you can just kill two birds with one stone. So yes. order some coffee, check her out, get connected to her. You got anything for me, you know where to find me and don't forget, be you, be happy, be authentic. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to Authentic Conversations with Ryan James Miller. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and share it with others. To connect with Ryan and learn more, visit ryanjamesmiller.com.